This is the best RevenueWriter.com report on the state of digital marketing as it stands right now. We finally have a big enough sample size to start making some predictions. So this is based on research, and then what we'll do is we'll take those numbers, cut into them, and see what kind of predictions and forecasts that we can make out of this. The digital marketing and advertising industry has been rocked by the pandemic, leading to historical changes and behavior that we haven't seen yet, at least not in recorded history. The savvy digital marketer can find the opportunities in chaos as long as they know what's going on. So while no one can truly predict what lies ahead, you can make informed decisions by looking at the industry statistics, economics, and the psychological patterns of consumers and buyers. What you'll find in this information-dense article is a look at the reported statistics along with predictions and trends based on the data. By the end of this article, you should have a good grasp on what's going on, and then you can extract the insights to apply to your own strategy, helping you make better decisions. And Got to start with what everybody wants to know. How are the changes going to affect pricing, and what does that mean for companies? Are pricing models going to change? Is it even worth hiring a full-time digital marketer? Or is freelance, third-party, outsourcing a better option? What are the best channels to spend money on right now? What about the foreseeable future? To the delight of some and the misery of others, the C-suite is now going to pay more attention to where marketing dollars are going and what those dollars are returning. The days of carefree spending are in the rearview mirror for the time being, where ROI is more important than vanity metrics. Think likes views on social media. A major opportunity has opened up for companies to have more variety in their marketing plans with many small agencies folding overnight. Small agencies are usually an attractive landing spot for creative talent due to the autonomy that's normally afforded them in exchange for their affordability to the agency owner. With the recent events, they now need a home, so the market is teeming with top talent that was previously unavailable due to location, employment, and circumstance. So right now, the average hourly rate for a digital marketer, according to digitalthirdcoast.com, is $136 per hour, but that's just the average. The top-end talent will unsurprisingly continue to charge higher, but as a baseline, it's helpful to know the current market price. Smaller agencies categorized as 5 to 25 employees have been hit the hardest, but you should be on the lookout for a resurgence of new agencies hitting the market with a modern business model and an adaptive service offering. This could be a big competitive edge for marketing executives that dig into the founder's history as there will undoubtedly be some big names coming in small packages. According to Forbes back in February 3rd, of 2020 this year, the amount spent on digital marketing was supposed to reach $1.3 trillion this year. It's no surprise that the, that number has decreased with the travel industry getting the kiss of death and notorious for their big spending. That is a huge blow. That number is also influenced by the increase in outsourcing, since a big portion of that $1.3 trillion depended on the inflated pricing of agencies. 
So how are brands spending their advertising budgets? Well, of course, it's going to depend on the industry, but not a lot has changed since February. Some companies are being proactive and some are frozen by their indecisiveness and the uncertainty that the future holds. And whether that's by circumstance or tentative executive teams afraid to make costly errors, the indecision could be costly as the groundwork being laid down during this time will start to bear its fruits in the next 12 to 18 months. Now, according to the Interactive Advertising Bureau, almost a quarter of media buyers, planners, and brands have paused their spending until the end of Q2, while 46% indicated they would adjust their ad spend across the same time period, three quarters. So expect the pandemic to have a bigger impact than the 2008 financial crisis. As you can see, the numbers show that the bold, willing to take risks could create a sizable gap between them and their competitors and create digital assets that are typically unafforded to companies during the high-octane, minute-to-minute industry that we've all grown familiar with over the years. If we're thinking in real estate terms, think about flipping houses versus real estate development. But some are mixing and matching both strategies. The uncertainty and caution that companies have to take when addressing their marketing dollars is proving to be a headache, but it appears that the action takers looking to stay somewhat conservative are putting their marketing dollars into content projects built for the long term, cleaning up their current web properties and investing more into the customer experience. And to stay nimble, outsourcing has been an attractive option for this, which brings us to a fascinating look at how agency and buyer relationships might look in the future. Industry numbers show that we're heading towards alternative contracts and partnership structures instead of locking in those long-term commitments that we've been accustomed to over the years. Now, building digital marketing assets. 73% of advertisers, according to IAB as well, have modified or developed a new asset system since the start of the pandemic, and over 53% are increasing messaging that emphasizes the mission of the company. And what that tells us is that the content writers, strategists, SEOs, social media specialists, and developers are in demand. And that trend is not going away anytime soon. As one VP of marketing from a Fortune 500 major online retailer told BestRevenueWriter.com, while times are stressful for everyone and many have had their lives negatively impacted by COVID-19, it's also allowed our teams to slow down and think about the long term. When and if things go back to normal, the work we put in now will make the breakneck pace more manageable, and our teams have enjoyed not having to borrow from the future for short-term gains. I could see why they chose to remain anonymous on that. I know investors would hate to hear that, but I thank you for your comments. You know who you are. Companies must be open to new ideas and become comfortable in the unfamiliar. The general consensus across numerous media sites and market research is that organizations have been more keen on looking for new ideas and making way for new innovations that otherwise never would have been discussed. That being said, reporting is going to be more important than ever for executives and the dollars going out will be monitored more efficiently. The expectation is that the spend is said to have returning value with a direct link to those income 
metrics coming back. So vanity metrics, as discussed previously, like views, likes, is starting to factor less into the equation as executives have learned that popularity doesn't necessarily equal revenue. Now here's something interesting is that the remote workforce as a competitive edge it made the C-suite shudder before, but, but according to Forrester Research, 48% of organizations will be increasing permanent remote work options, meaning more accessible talent is going to be available both on the agency and the corporate side. Forrester Research goes on to say that the tricky part for freelancers is going to be their adaptation to measuring ROI Whereas metrics like the amount of leads generated even used to be seen as a valid KPI are no longer really going to be part of the agreement. The freelancers that tend to figure both out, learning how to create revenue for clients and then being able to prove it, will be able to charge higher fees with expectations rising because these costs will be offset by the following, which used to be huge cash sinkers. Number one, location independence. Well, now there's a reduced overhead. Number two, the revenue actually being produced. Number three, the ability to swap talent in and out quickly, weeding out underperformers. As opposed to being locked into two to three year partnership deals or an underperforming employee, especially especially if you had a rigorous HR process. But we can simplify this dynamic by recognizing the increasing demand for revenue producers and top performers while companies will happily pay for them. Underperformers or gamers, those who game their metric systems, will struggle to find lucrative contracts. That should help provide a filter to continuously find top performing talent that can prove it. Even on the agency side, they've adapted to this by mass layoffs with no plans to rehire or open those jobs back up. Some have described it as a bloated workforce where agencies are finding that the results that they generate for clients haven't suffered for it. Lean and performing, then, is the modern model. The pool of people spending has lowered, and as the story continues to unfold, there may be a change in how current relationships with clients are built, focusing more on upsells and the strengthening of relationships, as Anjali Lai of Forrester Research had reported. Consumers that didn't go digital are now going digital. Back in April of this year, Forrester also reported that an astounding 62% of online adults have performed some kind of online transaction for the first time as a result of the pandemic. We always seem to forget that rural America is the majority that doesn't get heard and to those living in metropolis areas, it's like hearing someone hasn't tried pizza before. And out of necessity, many ordered products online for delivery, while others experimented with digital payments such as online banking, for instance. Some have also had to receive medical advice or be a part of online wellness programs. The article goes on to boldly predict that consumers will buy from or avoid brands because of perceived 
company values, highlighting the fact that 60% of U.S. and European consumers say that they buy from companies that align with their personal values. Either brand loyalty numbers are starting to dip, or if you want to look at the other side of things, 53% are willing to try new products. Bloomberg actually mentions that COVID was projected to cost the global economy as a whole $2.7 trillion. And specifically for travel in terms of traffic and growth, unsurprisingly, advertising spend saw a steep decline as well. The, the media industry reigns supreme, showing that consumers are taking more interest in online content, food, and their finances. It would make sense that people are more tuned into the news and ordering from their favorite restaurants to their house. The consolidation of American small businesses. There's an exception. There's an expectation that the trend of larger companies buying startups or other small businesses they find lucrative as owners and founders alike that are struggling to keep the lights on are going to have to make some tough decisions. In most cases, which turns into a fire sale for big companies that have been able to ride out the storm. And this trend lends credence to the theme of investing and long-term moves with the best way to do it, putting their money where their mouth is, of course. On the other side, according to AMA.org, building company focus around creating trusting relationships has actually increased 47% since the survey first started in 2009. And up until this point, 43.3% have noted an unwillingness to pay full price. 24.9% have reported weaker loyalty levels. And no surprise here, but 79.1% of marketers believe that customers are monitoring their social activism outreach investments. So that begs the question then, why weren't customers getting this much love before? Well, during the pandemic... Both D2C and B2B companies have been putting more of a concerted effort into aligning with their consumer or client sentiments. Online sales have actually been at an all-time high, according to CMO Survey's history. Online sales now constitute 19.3% of all sales, and that number is... The unfortunate part is they're expected to sell for pennies on the dollar, Now, one of the best strategies I've seen was that they bought a content series featuring topics that their customers are interested in, and then they also went on to produce five-minute videos doing the same, showing it in a different light, continuing to grow month over month. So companies looking to adapt should have keen awareness around their website speed and functionality. The easier it is for customers to navigate through the pages and find what they're looking for, the better it is for your bottom line. Smaller businesses are now starting to even get into selling online, and they continue to see foot traffic decline through their physical stores, so it would make sense. Now, while there isn't enough data at the moment to judge the success of this trend, it'll be an interesting development to see whether or not the channels get crowded which would force CPC, or cost per click, and CPA, cost per acquisition, prices through the roof. And on the bright side, though, the small business market being more open-minded towards creating digital offerings is good for the marketing industry 
and consumers that are looking for new companies. Also, according to AMA.org, 60.8% of marketers stated that they've switched resources to build customer-facing digital interfaces, and 56.2% are transferring or transforming their go-to business models to focus on digital opportunities. Recently, Customer Experience, now abbreviated as CX, has seen a 10% increase over three months, an 8.4% increase in digital marketing spend over the next year. Even with those marketing budgets seeing a significant downsize. So customer attention and investing in their brands such as messaging, outreach, digital properties, etc. are number one and number two as far as where marketing executives are putting their spend. Interestingly, Marketers have been steadily increasing their social media budgets by 74% since February of this year. I actually started noticing this a few months back as highlighted in this post, but now the numbers would actually confirm it. The content clouds are thick to rise above right now, and as stated quite a few times throughout the months, I'm starting to believe that paid advertising and or paid search might now be considered a must. That is, unless you have the resources to be patient for 12 months or you are bringing a highly engaged community with you. AMA also goes on to report that 9% of marketing jobs have been lost and the hiring to replace those jobs is unlikely. Now, when we start to talk about history-making numbers, this is another one of them. Marketing, for the first time in history, is expected to be on a trajectory of negative 3.5%. That's the lowest it's ever been. Marketers have rated the ability to pivot as the highest ranked skill that they're looking for in future talent, followed by the ability to adapt and handle ambiguity. Last year where MarTech was highly sought after, that and data science, they've both seen a huge drop in terms of demand. The need for fluidity and agility are the skills that you typically learn with working experience, having some skin in the game, and the industry is actually looking to business schools to help prepare the next wave of candidates for the challenges ahead. So the money invested into training as a result saw a dip this year by a whole percentage point, but it's a matter of whether or not you feel comfortable relying on the public education system to prepare the new talent, or if you think it'd be better to take that talent in-house and train them. Some tough decisions to make, undoubtedly. I know which one I choose, but you know your business best. Now, new customers, or are we going to treat our current ones even better? Well, it's mentioned that 14% of marketers say that new customer acquisition is their number one goal, and just 22% rate it as a second priority. I had to do a double take when I saw this, because after 12 years, In the digital marketing industry, I could say I've personally never seen it like this. So what came in at number one then, you ask? Retention. Yes, keeping customers loyal was seen as the biggest priority for marketers, coming in at 33%. Number two on the list was a two-way tie between investing in outreach and building brand value. Now, how have marketers been filling these needs? 
the majority, 59.1%, have actually been using professional services or consulting firms to fill in the gaps. 31% decide to take matters into their own hands and have been experimenting, and that would include freelancers. This is where energy and technology companies are reporting to have the biggest advantage since their capacity to innovate, build, and experiment is just another day at the office for them. The American Marketing Association has done a phenomenal job of adding clarity and guidance during uncertain times, so a big salute to them for the exceptional work. Now you might be asking, what about content marketing and paid advertising? Well, according to ChiefMarketer.com, content marketing and paid advertising continues to require the most spend. Now, spending on live events, to no one's surprise, has dropped, and that trend is looking to continue. Spending dropped significantly among marketers from a 41% to 22% of marketers ranking events into their top three spending categories. So where did that spending go instead? Where are they allocating the dollars? Well, more than half of B2B marketers are saying that it's going into funding virtual events. That's right. A massive new trend for the B2B industry compared to just 44% of D2C marketers reporting the same. So generally speaking, here are the big three. Number one, content marketing. Number two, paid advertising. And number three, SEO. Not a whole lot has changed. A quarter of marketers still don't know where to put their dollars and are standing pat until they have clarity. In my opinion, that's a pretty bold move. I would start to take action immediately on these. Since social media use has been on the rise, this points to a growing need for more digital and social media skills in marketing organizations moving forward. Now, this one is for my B2B crowd because Ernst & Young have created a virtual event that showcases all the major pain points B2B companies are going through right now. You can be on the lookout for bestrevenuewriter.com to do the same thing. But overall, to conclude this, all the buzz around live streaming and social media becoming more important and seeing an increase in funding was warranted. Hard to say if it was because of the speculation or the projections, or maybe it's just the common sense response. But either way, that's where we are today in the new normal era. Let us know what you think at house at bestrevenuewriter.com. Make sure that you subscribe to this channel. Please do send us a note if you'd like to book a meeting or a consultation time. You can do that on any of the landing pages on bestrevenuewriter.com. It's just one click of a button. Take the four seconds to do it. We'll hop on a call. Until next.